This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's the weekend. So relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right. It's the Saturday Story Circle here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 15. Wallace Blake threw open the door of his study and stormed in like a man unaware of his surroundings. He paced from one side of the room to the other and stopped briefly to stare at the telephone on the side table. The police, he thought. I should... I should... He sat down hard in a chair near the fireplace and took his head in his hands. What could he possibly tell the police? That he had reason to suspect the death of Martin Davies was no accident? The only support he had for the notion was the fact that Davies had been quite chummy with a certain mysterious traveller from the Orient ever since he and Ajay Shaw had met in Blake's own home. He had no proof of Shaw's involvement, no motive for the crime beyond Davies' wealth. But he had felt a sickness in his soul, growing since that day a message had come from Joshua Kane, inviting him to make some easy money by vouching for the charming Mr. Shaw, introducing him to his society friends at dinner. He had done favors for Kane before, of course. He did not know how the master fixer of crime had learned of the state of Blake's finances, but there were certain little services Blake had been able to provide, and in so doing had found the money needed to keep up appearances, if only barely. From time to time he had vouched for certain persons, certain business ventures, the sort of credibility that could only be lent by an upstanding citizen who was known to possess a large family fortune. He had helped Cain open doors in the past, but never before had the door led directly to men and women that he knew. Never before had he made his friends or peers vulnerable. Wallace Blake had feared the worst of Ajay Shah, or rather, what he thought the worst might be, namely that Shah was some sort of confidence man. But if this latest matter... If the sick feeling about his heart were correct, if Martin Davies were murdered, murder. The word pushed every other thought from Wallace Blake's mind. It hung in the air and seemed to spread throughout the room like a pervading gloom, darkening the corners of the study as Blake took his head in his hands once more. The newspaper said that Martin Davies had fallen asleep in a chair by the fire and not awakened when the fire spread. It seemed possible... But Blake knew Davies well enough to know the younger man was restless, and that he slept little and far from soundly when he did. The idea that he could sleep through such calamity in a chair until it was too late seemed absurd to Blake. He pulled his hands the length of his face and found himself staring again at the telephone. The gloom that seemed to blanket the corners a moment ago now seemed thicker around the walls, making the telephone the only point which he could see clearly. Wallace Blake did not wonder at this. The only picture in his mind was that telephone in his hand as he did the right thing at last. But what right thing? Even if he confessed what little he knew, his own part in betraying the interests of his peers, what good would it do? Would the police even investigate the mysterious Ajay Shah? And what if he were wrong? He would have publicly admitted his secret shame, the loss of his family fortune, and for what? Again, Wallace Blake despaired. His whole being seemed to tremble at the thought of his humiliation. But then he thought of Martin Davies, pictured Davies welcoming Ajay Shaw at Blake's urging. He steeled himself. He must do what was right. 
Wallace Blake took his head from his hands and straightened upright in his chair. He would do his duty. He would call the police. Blake looked about and blinked hard twice. He could no longer see the telephone. It had only been four feet directly in front of him, but it was now obscured by pitch darkness. The entire study, all of it, now lost in the same pervading gloom that had spread from the corners, oozed forth like a living thing until all was lost in blackness. Wallace Blake felt his chest tighten. This couldn't be right. It was the middle of the day. Blake turned towards where the window should have been, allowing the daylight to stream into the room, and suddenly he gasped in amazement. Standing there, the sole object visible to his eyes, was the tall form of Ajay Shaw as if illuminated by some inner light. Hello, Blake. A smile crept across Shaw's thin lips. You, Wallace Blake cried, rising to his feet gingerly. How did you get in here? It hardly seems to matter, Blake. But since you asked, I didn't. I don't understand, Blake sputtered at last. I am not in your study or in your home at all. I am in your mind, Shaw smiled. And so are you. Make sense, man, Blake bellowed. Shout all you wish, Mr. Blake, Shaw continued, moving closer. No one will hear you because you are not speaking. Not really. Somehow Wallace Blake knew that this stranger spoke the truth, that he was disconnected from the real world, from his own body. He felt himself gasping for air that would not come. Ajay Shaw smiled still broader. At last Wallace Blake managed to gasp. Why have you brought me here? It is you that brought me here, Wallace. From the time of your quite charming dinner party, my mind has been in yours. Wallace Blake said nothing. In horror, he realized in his heart that he knew it to be true. Ajay Shah continued, Joshua Kane was certain you were desperate enough to keep discreet. I knew differently. But we mustn't judge Mr. Kane too harshly. After all, he cannot see into your thoughts, know almost your very soul, or pull you apart like a child pulls the wings off flies. Blake cried out in anguish and fell to his knees, feeling a stabbing pain like knives of fire drilling through his temples. After a moment that felt like an eternity, his anguish subsided and left him sputtering, gasping for breath. As his vision cleared, he looked around and saw his situation for what it was. He was on his knees in the middle of a vast, seemingly endless expanse of darkness before a cruel master of an unknown power. His hands trembled and he struggled not to weep. Shaw smiled. You were useful, Wallace Blake. I will not say that my game would have been impossible without you, but much more difficult it might have been. You opened doors and provided me with a borrowed mantle of respectability with which I may freely walk among the sons of your city's richest men. It would please me to grant you mercy for this. But it cannot be. You, Blake sputtered, you common thief, murderer, you killed young Martin Davies. I do not suppose it would console you to know that I plan to kill a great many more yet. Ajay Shah caressed Blake's cheek with the back of his hand, as though he might turn the gentle gesture into a slap at any moment. He held his victim's gaze for a moment hard, then turned away. No, he said, I did not suppose that it would. But you are more right than wrong, Blake. I am a murderer. And a thief, although I think you will agree I am anything but common. And you knew as much when you welcomed me into your home, when you offered me young Davies and the rest of your brother princes of the earth. I did not, cried Wallace Blake in torment. I knew nothing of the kind. 
then you are a fool or willfully blind, which is far worse. In any event, you are a coward and apt to do anything. I cannot have you speak to the police just yet, Wallace. My work has not yet begun. Then you intend to keep this up, to keep killing and pillaging. Blake's fists were twisted into balls of rage, but he did nothing but tremble on his knees. For a time, Shah confessed. Apart from being simple and profitable, I enjoy it. But that is but one move in my long game. I am looking for someone, Wallace Blake, the one man who might have the power to stop me. It is possible that I have already killed him, but I hope not. Shaw smiled again as he receded into the shadows. He appeared gaunt to Wallace Blake's eyes, almost skeletal as if he were death himself. What will you do? Blake screamed at the emptiness. Will you kill me as well? No, Blake. Shah's voice echoed as he faded into nothingness. But you will. My mind is in yours. I know how often you have thought of suicide since you lost your fortune. I know where you keep the rope that you have often fashioned into a noose in order to end your shame. Never had the nerve, did you, Blake? Wallace Blake shook where he knelt like a man with a palsy, like a man at war with himself. The voice echoed around the void one last time. Today, Blake, you will find the courage after all. And then there was only darkness. Have you ever wanted to find a place where kids can go to listen to funny stuff? Well, you have just found it. This podcast will have jokes, kids' stories, educational stuff, that kids can learn from. So tune in and enjoy the show.